Hi, I'm Tamar Rodney, and you're listening to On The Pulse, a podcast from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the experiences of frontline providers and researchers. We explore their insights and invaluable stories of how healthcare works in today's world. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are priority values of the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. And putting these values into practice takes work. It's extremely important work because the effects of these values ripple into all aspects of our school, our society, and the health of our nation and world. With us today to discuss these values is Bob Atkins, Executive Vice Dean of the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. Dr. Atkins has a wealth of experience in nursing, research, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Early in his career, Bob worked as a school nurse where he co-founded the Camden Star Program, a nonprofit youth development program dedicated to improving the life chances of youth living in Camden, New Jersey. His scholarly work and practice has influenced the health and well-being of vulnerable populations living in high-poverty neighborhoods. He has served as National Program Director of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's New Jersey Health Initiatives Program and in multiple positions at Rutgers University. Welcome, Bob. It's great to speak with you today. Tomorrow, thank you for having me. And as I mentioned in the intro, our topic today will focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you start by sharing what those words mean to you? Diversity, equity, inclusion are something that our country has been, since its inception, struggling to right itself in that space, this diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. I would add justice too. I think diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice are for our society, for our institutions, uh, for our communities. They are something that are aspirations at this point. There is obviously some sense in, in different parts of our society that we've solved all this, that we are post-racial, that we are um, don't have to address justice issues anymore, diversity, equity, inclusion. It's become obviously a big part of our whole political scene right now. As, as you mentioned in the introduction, my first job at a nursing school was a school nurse at East Camden Middle School. Camden, New Jersey is one of the poorest communities in New Jersey, one of the poorest communities in the nation. And it is one of those communities that is considered to be a community of great disadvantage. It doesn't have necessarily the capacity or the resources to be able to provide stable housing, provide food security, to provide educational opportunities, to provide behavioral health. All the kinds of things that we saw with the pandemic have always been a challenge in Camden, and they were just amplified by the challenges of the pandemic. And so thinking about those communities and thinking about the ways that nursing can help to address these challenges is, is where I think nursing in the 21st century is hopefully going to go to think more about those communities that are being, in a lot of ways, left behind, left behind by social science, left behind by philanthropy, left behind by educational opportunity. But I guess the last thing that I would I want to add as we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice is two ideas. One, that these all impact when we think of democracy as we try to have a healthy and thriving democracy. That's one piece. And the other piece is also around how do we have vibrant communities? So we have to always take diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice into consideration. I appreciate you putting them in context of goals. And there certainly has been more increased conversations about these words. 
one of the places that we see this is that the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, and they have actually written those into their school's mission. What would you say it looks like in practice at the School of Nursing and the barriers that you're speaking to? How do we overcome these barriers that exist? So as you know, I've been here since August. I've thought about these kinds of questions for several years. And I, I think some of it has to do with how do we think about the different domains of what we aspire to do as a school of nursing. We want to serve our students. We want to make sure that we're doing research that is original and substantial and transformational. We want to make sure that we are at the same time providing service. And, and we have a lot of resources and assets that we are able to bring to bear as we think about diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. So as I think about it, I think part of what we aspire to do is to think about how are we bringing in students who are going to allow us to be transformational, allow us to reimagine what nursing looks like. How are we able to lead this change that we see that's important in nursing? I think the opportunity that's on the table is for us to reimagine what our mission is and what it means for us to be not necessarily in the service of nursing, because I love being a nurse, but I am not trying to serve nursing. Nursing as an institution should serve society. And part of that means that we have to be thinking about what is the role of nursing in trying to address diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. We know that there have been communities that have been and are being left behind that aren't part of the conversation. The Mississippi Delta, the Rust Belt, tribal lands, Appalachia. And part of what I see the opportunity for us being at a place like Hopkins that has so much in terms of resources is to really reframe what we're thinking about. I think we really want to be making sure that we are thinking about our blind spots, thinking about the parts that are not part of the conversation, and how do we become intentional as a school to make that part of the conversation. One of the things that we have said a lot is we want to change the narrative, but we realize that we really have to change the narrators. And that's something that, as you think about this diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice conversation, is really thinking about, so how are we going to do that? Yeah, we want to make sure that we are bringing in more Black, Indigenous persons of color. We want to make sure that we are becoming more cognizant in what it means to think about LGBTQ issues. Really want to think about these communities that are not part of the conversation. I think that's one of the things that that we're being called upon to do after the pandemic, or, or even as we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, is thinking about what happened. The pandemic shows us what happened, right? We, we had these communities that were not as informed, that didn't have information about testing, about keeping their families healthy, about finding ways to have their basic needs met. And yeah, things, things are much worse than they were. But part of that means we have to find ways to illuminate these blind spots that we have because there are these other pockets that we need to be thinking about, okay, well, how do we start to extend ourselves into those spaces and to think about this diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in that regard? I think what you've just described for us is really, yes, the obligation, the opportunity, but really to look at it in a larger context in the society and the world. And an opportunity, again, to identify what are the real world health outcomes from the lack of having 
diversity, equity, justice, and inclusion, and the impact it does have directly on health. And you mentioned some of those briefly around the pandemic. Are there any others that you can highlight just for our listeners who might not be as intimately aware of how the lack of um, these values have a direct impact on health in a global sense? I'm glad you asked it that way, Tom, because I think there's a mindset that diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice are something that are really for the benefit of minority communities, low-income communities, you know, Black, Indigenous, people of color. And we're not necessarily thinking about the kind of justice piece around it, which is just because you grew up on tribal land or just because you grew up in Camden or Baltimore or Flint, Michigan or East St. Louis or on the border doesn't mean that the potential isn't there, but what is unequally distributed is the opportunity. And when we are not able to fulfill these values, we're also suffering as a society. There are brilliant people that are not part of the conversation because we have structured things in a way that they aren't able to participate. So we lose out. And getting back to what we're trying to do here, I think it really speaks to what I see the opportunity is for nursing as a profession to really dig into and think about diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Thank you for sharing that. And and I think you touch on a point where nurses have this unique perspective of working with individuals in different spaces. And it is, again, a unique opportunity to make change. How do you think or what is nurses' role in ensuring that this conversation around social justice and diversity, equity, and inclusion remains a critical area of priority? What should nurses be doing now to ensure that we do see lasting changes? Well, one one thing for us to, to, to make lasting changes is to make sure that we are doing with communities rather than doing to communities or doing for communities. And making sure that if we are targeting and thinking about, like for me, I'm, I'm thinking that we should should be more intentional about and more strategic about how we think about communities of greatest disadvantage. But we have to develop relationships in those communities. And we have to develop initiatives and projects that are done that benefit those communities. I mean, a, a part of what I think our obligation is to reverse what I think we've done too much as academics, as in, as academic institutions, is to be extractive, right? We go into community and we think about what can we get out of here? I need to get, I'm going to get some research out of here. I'm going to collect some, I'm going to do some interviews, some focus groups. I'm going to test this intervention. Um, I might come back again when I need something else, but it's about what can I extract? What am I going to get out of it? In the 21st century, it would be great if we were in partnership or in communication or or this ongoing conversation with communities. And it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer for us to develop projects and initiatives that are actually going to benefit the community and they're going to engage the community. But if we really want to be transformative, and I think that's really what we should be about, it's going to be what what is community as opposed to what kind of research do I want to do? What does the community need? in these spaces as we think about the social determinants of health, what do they need in terms of thinking about behavioral health? We know that that's an unmet need in communities of color, food security, housing stability, employment opportunities, civic engagement. And so I think part of even in nursing, as we're going back to this idea of, of, of democracy, 
Um, I think nursing is going to have to get more engaged in this space. That's an opportunity to think more about as nurses, what does it mean to think about racial and social justice? So yeah, I do think we have to think about democracy. I think we have to think about civic engagement. We have to think about ways to work with communities as opposed to doing four communities or two communities. And we have to think about leaving an endowments, leaving something behind in the community of value. I mean, I do think it's something that, why, why couldn't there be some sort of expectation that if you do research, if you collect data in a community, you have to leave something of value behind, whether you leave the resources from your study or whether you leave some sum of money that the community gets to, to actually become an endowment. And, and it's a way to getting back to this idea of, of an engagement. How do you get community engaged? How do we kind of build the civic muscles in communities or help communities to build those civic muscles? Yeah, leave an endowment. It's something that philanthropy is, is starting to think about as, as we think about democratizing philanthropy. But I don't think that higher education should be left out of that conversation. Places that are doing research in communities should also think about how they're leaving endowments in communities and what we can leave behind. So how does that change the conversation? That's wonderful. The concept of an endowed community as opposed to an endowed chair, revolutionary. And you touched briefly on some of the mistakes we've made, you know, this idea of extracting from the community data as researchers. We've made multiple mistakes and I'm hoping that what we're on is a path to correction and more lasting, valuable outcomes. And no pressure, Bob, but maybe that's one of the wonderful things where you're part of, not just a conversation, but a part of a team to lead us there. And yeah. I have one tough question for you. Oh, bring for it. The, for those individuals who want to be more involved in being a part of the solution, what is one thing that you would share with them from your career and working in this field that you think might be helpful for them as they pursue being a part of the solution? That's a great question. This is what I tell my 18-year-old all the time, you know, being the smartest or or being the strongest, or being the most handsome. He's, he's 18, so that's where his brain is right now. That's never going to win the day. But what is going to win the day is, are the relationships you create and the reputation that you leave? And I really think that a lot of what can really make a, a huge difference for anyone that wants to be a solution seeker, part of building these healthier, more equitable, more resilient communities, is to build relationships in these communities and extending ourselves to go beyond what's kind of convenient to really think about those places again that are of greatest disadvantage and thinking about how does nursing come in with humility and approaching communities as a partner. We want to find ways that we can co-create with you, that we can build things that are sustainable, we can build things that are going to be transformational and add value to your community. That's, I think, part of it. It's just the mindset um, of having this mindset of, of how do we come in as a partner. Thank you for that thoughtful answer. And I'll say that diversity, equity, and inclusion are often thought as difficult topics, but what you've described for us are opportunities and realistic opportunities. And as nurses and as a school, we're poised to be a part of the conversation and solution, and it presents multiple opportunities to do so. So thank you for sharing your thoughts and experiences. We have a lot of work to do, um, and it's wonderful to have committed individuals like yourself to help to lead this charge. Thanks, Tamara. It was really fun talking to you. 
Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of On The Pulse. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you know and subscribe through Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can also find us on the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com slash nurse. Be sure to also check out our On The Pulse blog and Facebook Live series. You can learn more about the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing at nursing.jhu.edu. Thank you again for listening. Hey there, On The Pulse listener. Are you ready to become a nurse? No matter your background, it's not too late to change course and take the leap into nursing. The Johns Hopkins School of Nursing's Master of Science in Nursing Entry into Nursing program is designed for students with a bachelor's degree in another discipline who are ready to discover the many rewards of becoming a nurse. Graduates will be top-notch nurses with unlimited choices, ready to practice wherever and however you choose. To learn more or apply, visit nursing.jhu.edu slash on the pulse.